You are listening to VORW International, Voice of the Report of the Week. It is Thursday, the 2nd of May, 2019. We are going out to you right now, wide variety of means, online and over the airwaves. I want to get right into things today. Uh, Obviously, in some programs, I might not have the most to say. And, you know, from there, I'll just go right into the listener-suggested topics. In other programs, you know, I have a lot on my mind, a lot of things uh, that I wish to share, that I want to talk about, whatever it might be. Today is one of those days, Uh, so without further ado, I just want to get right into things. It was something that happened pretty recently, I would say, and uh, I wanted to share my thoughts about it, talk about it, and, uh, you know, I wanted to tell this story, and then, you know, have a few, uh, yeah, just share a few points, I guess is the best way to to put it. Just a few observations I've noticed in society for a while. So sit back and uh, enjoy. So I guess this happened on uh, on Sunday. So it was a few days ago, obviously, maybe, uh, I don't know, four or five days ago. Okay, so I was driving and got a flat tire, right? No big deal, you know, not... not too big of an issue. If you do any driving, this stuff happens. I mean, you get a flat tire here or there. Sometimes it's not the most frequent thing in the world, but you know what happens. Uh, Where maybe you've run over some broken glass or some metal or uh, a nail or something, and you get it stuck in the tire and, you know, you gotta fix it. Gotta get it. Gotta get it fixed, replaced, etc. And I was traveling... I was traveling, I guess, yeah, this Sunday, uh, driving, you know, on a pretty major road between Orlando and the Florida East Coast. Now, it was late. Well, it wasn't really that late, but it was around 10 p.m. on a Sunday. So, you know, things are winding down. Things are uh, kind of just closing up for the day, you know, for the weekend. Everyone's got to go back to the usual the next day. So, things were kind of you know, closing down, and it was getting a little quiet. So, you know, I'm going along. All of a sudden, there's this bump. And uh, at first, it sounded like there was, uh, you know, like a little pebble hit the back windshield. I, I didn't really think much of it. But then, of course, the warning light goes on, and then, you, you know, you start feeling this bump. So, evidently, uh, something got hit. I'm pretty sure it was a nail of, of some sort, that I w- either was in the tire, or it ruptured it, and somehow it went out. So there is just this big, uh, gaping hole in the tire. So needless to say, it was a very bad leak. It was rapidly deflating, and I needed to quickly pull over, of course, in order to uh, maintain control, and, you know, for the safety of, of the car and everyone around. And, of course, driving on a flat tire especially if it is very rapidly deflating, is very, very dangerous, and it is extremely damaging to the car. So, I stopped on the shoulder, and, uh, you know, the the, the tire was was too flat to do anything about. So, it needed to be changed, and uh, otherwise, without that, you know, I'm not going anywhere. So... Of course, every single car, for, for the most part, has a spare tire. 
you know, for uh, situations like this. Uh, but, it, you know, it was an issue because trying to change it, number one in that area, was uh, extremely difficult. You know, it needs to be on a level surface. And as a result, it can't really, you know, pull onto the grass or anything that can't be done. Uh, because it needs to be on a level surface. And it needs to be done right, you know. When changing a tire, you cannot do a bad job with it. It's just going to be very dangerous, and it might just make things worse. So it needs to be done right. Well, this wasn't the best spot to be in. Because... You're right on the shoulder of this busy road, a few inches to your left is traffic that is going easily 80 miles per hour. Uh, many of the cars, despite having the hazard lights on, aren't even giving you any room. So you can be there trying to change it, and let's say you get off balance or whatnot, and you accidentally end up in the right lane, uh, you're going to die. You know, you're going to get hit, and that's it. So... Either way, trying to change it, <laughs> the, the, and I mean, I understand why this is done, but the lug nuts that were on the tire were unbelievably tight, and so much so that the only way to even get them loose uh, would be to, you know, position the wrench and have to apply my entire body weight on it, which unfortunately, like I said, I am not in a good spot to do that. I mean, you would have to literally just practically jump on the damn thing to get it to turn. And let's face it, I'm no professional. I make a wrong move, my foot slips, and I accidentally fall, and then I get hit by a truck that's three inches away, you know, flooring it. So, it couldn't be done, it wasn't really budging. The lug wrench, you could see the tension in the thing, it was ready to break as it is. So... At that point in time, you needed help. Okay. All right, well, car insurance, right? You, you have uh, GEICO, and, uh, well, they have the 24-hour roadside assistance. Uh, they'll help you out, right? That's what they're there for. You see these commercials where they're out there at 3 a.m. helping someone out, etc., etc. You contact them. They don't care. You're paying them $20 a month at least, maybe more along the lines of $30 for this. I contact them, and they do not they do not care one single bit. They look around and they say, Oh, sorry, I uh, can't find anyone. Go deal with it. Which was unbelievable. This is a service that is you're paying for every single month for this roadside assistance where their job is to find either a towing company or something that can help you out, and they refuse. That is absurd. The fact that you are paying for this service to help you, and they do anything but. Where they keep me on the line forever, and they do absolutely nothing. So, they were useless, and they did nothing. So, what do you do then? You can't get it done. The, organi the organization that's there, that claims they'll help you, doesn't help you. Alright, you try contacting anyone you know, 
and no one gets back. You contact the highway patrol, and they don't care. They said that all their resources were, uh, they went home for the night, so they're not going to help you. Uh, most of the towing companies were closed, believe it or not. So what do you do? So, you sit there and you wait. And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. And you cannot do anything. I mean, you're completely dead in the water. And you'd think that, oh, well, obviously, I mean, you gotta be in the absolute middle of nowhere, right? No, not at all. This is a major highway, again, between extremely populated areas. There were towns, you know, right nearby, right near a toll plaza, too, of all things. Thousands of cars going by, and they're telling me that there, there aren't any tow companies nearby. See, I, I, I just don't buy that for a second. Well, anyway, after hours of waiting, you know, at that point it gets late into the night. Finally, we get our hands on a tow truck, and, you know, the the driver, at least, was very friendly. And uh, the, the funniest thing was, at least, was the driver comes out of uh, the tow truck, and he was very helpful. He was able to get the job done, you know, get everything set up, and uh, definitely help out with the auto issues. But the first thing, he, he comes out, and, you know, he's checking out the situation, and uh, he, he says to me, he says, uh, you know, you, you, you look familiar. And uh, right then and there, I, I knew, well, <laughs> yep, he, he, must have, he must have seen the YouTube, and, and sure enough, he did. He, he was a fan, uh, you know, watches and, and listens, and uh, he, he was great, though. Got a picture together. And finally, after hours and hours, I was back on the road. Now, this isn't a big deal. This isn't the problem of the century or anything close. It was a standard auto issue. Something that really happens to all of us, and something that happens quite frequently. Uh, where either you have an issue with your car, or the tires, or the engine, or one thing or the other. You know, everyone has car trouble. But as I was sitting there trying to kill the time and thinking, I couldn't help but reflect on the absolute dismal quality of service that I was given from pretty much everyone except for the one guy in, in the tow truck, where you have these companies and these organizations that are there that are supposed to help you, that are supposed to provide assistance to you, and they just don't care. And that got me thinking to what I believe anyway is a larger issue in society today. Now, is this one of those things that can really be fixed? To be quite honest, I don't think so. But I do believe that you can make a difference. It won't be a big one. It won't be changing the world. But it will make a difference. Even if it's just a small difference, I would say a small difference for good is far better than no difference at all or even regressing worse. Well, even making a small change, even if it doesn't seem like much, really can be helpful. 
But I was sitting there and thinking about society in general, and how apathetic people are nowadays. And it's something that I've noticed more and more and more. And it's just one of those subjects that I didn't really know how to address properly. I see it so often. I see it online. I see it in person. I, I see so many examples of it on a daily basis. People do not care about other people. Now, I'm not speaking for everyone. And I'm not saying that every person out there is selfish and apathetic and, and, you know, really just does not care. But I know a lot of people that fit that mold. So many people care only about themselves. Unless, of course, if they need help. Then you can just forget about it. Woe is me. And this is the worst thing to ever happen. I can't believe that no one is helping me. Why doesn't anybody care? And so on and so forth. When they themselves do not give a damn about anyone else and their problems and nothing. They only care about when they themselves are having an issue and that's it. Someone else is having the same exact problem as them. Big deal. But if they're having that issue, it is the end of the world. And I've just noticed so often that people are just unwilling to provide assistance to anyone, regardless of the circumstances. Now look, that's not to say that I myself am Superman and I'm going out and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm helping everyone out with this, that, and the other thing. Look, there are some circumstances where you might want to help, but you may not be physically capable of doing anything. Right, and that's understandable. You see situations, I mean, you even, I, I was talking about this a while back, the bystander effect, where someone can be having a heart attack and dying, and no one cares. No one does anything. I know this isn't positive to say, but think about it for a moment. Can you imagine, you've lived so long, you've gone through so much, yes, the bad, but also the good, you might have lots of things planned ahead, things you want to do, people you want to be with, so on and so forth. Things that keep you going in life. And one day, something happens. Maybe you get in an accident, maybe you have a health emergency, one thing or the other. And you are helpless, and you're sitting there dying, and you know that if any bystander around you even just calls 911, that can be the separation between dying right now or living to see another day. And no one does anything. No one cares. Everyone ignores you. Everyone else thinks that someone else is going to do it. And that's it. You're done. All because someone refused to act. There are certain situations where inaction is the worst thing to do. And simply picking up a phone and making a call can save someone's life. But so many people refuse to do it. Someone else will do it. Someone else will take care of it. I don't know this guy, why should I care? And that's it. So many people, I notice, do not care 
about their fellow people. They don't care. To me, it seems like there's this mentality, I got mine, you get yours. And it's like it's every man for himself. Well, you take care of yourself. You deal with it. You know what? You go have a heart attack. You know, Go take care of it yourself. I'm not going to help you. I don't know you. I don't care about you. Why, why should I? Why should I help? Because maybe that's the morally correct thing to do. Maybe that's the right thing to do. What if you were sitting there having a heart attack? Would you shrug it off and say, Oh, well, yeah, I, I can't do anything about it, but I'll, I'll figure it out. No. You would want someone to help you out. You would hope that someone would call 911 if you were unable to. Or if you were choking and dying and you wouldn't, you, you aren't able to dislodge whatever it is, you would hope that someone would do the Heimlich maneuver on you and help you out. Everyone does. The only problem is that some people only realize that when it's too late. Apathy and lack of caring is a disease. In my opinion, it is. It feeds off of itself, and when people express those ideas of not caring, not caring about anyone else, only about themselves, it feeds off of itself. It shows other people that it is acceptable, and almost is encouraged, in a sense. That there's nothing wrong with not giving a you-know-what about anyone else except for you. And that is unacceptable, if you ask me. Now, I know I might be introverted, and I might have my reservations usually about, you know, going up and initiating conversation, but you would better believe that if I was out and about and I saw someone who is, you know, just in need of assistance, you better believe I would make sure that they're okay, that everything is all right. And if it's not, like I said, I might not be the most qualified person in the world, and I might not be perfect, but I would certainly try to make sure that if I can't do anything, at least contact people who can, such as emergency services. And it's as easy as picking up a phone dialing a simple number, and reporting what's going on. That's all that it can take. I guess what I'm trying to get at is I wish more people in this world cared more about each other. Because, yes, while selfishness, apathy, and just not caring is contagious... I believe that kindness and helpfulness can be as well. And I think if people cared more, especially on a large scale, I think it would be universal. I think it would build, strengthen the community, the country, maybe even the world. Because let's just say if people suddenly started caring more about each other, it would go a long, long way. I think the quality of life would go up. I think people in the end would probably be happier. It would be wonderful to see a world where good deeds aren't seen as something exemplary, something above and beyond because it's such a rarity nowadays, but rather as something that's just the right thing to do. 
the important thing to do, the best thing to do. Just because you aren't legally obligated by law to help out others in need doesn't mean you should forget about them. You know, yes, by the books, you don't have to do anything. If you don't care about other people, that's okay. No one's going to go after you for the most part. But just because you can get off that way and, you know, you can get away with doing nothing does not necessarily mean that you should just forget about everyone else. And you know what? If, if All I'm saying is you don't need to be any sort of superhero. You don't need to put on a cape and literally just spend every day going around and looking for people to help out. That's not what I mean by it at all. But if you find yourself in a place or a situation where others can be assisted, maybe do what you can. And that might not be much. And yes, there will be situations out there where someone might need help, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it all depends on the gravity of the situation as well. Of course, some people are going through worse things than others. And there will be some things, like I said, that you just can't do anything about. And I understand that. That's just the way the world is. But always think, if you see someone that's going through something really bad and needs that urgent help right away, I mean, think about how you would feel if you were in their shoes. If you were on the brink of death. How would you feel if someone helped you and saved your life? Or if your last moments were seeing people completely ignoring you? Sometimes you can be that catalyst. You can be the one that can save other people. Just by caring a little more and taking a little bit of action. This isn't going to be a 180 degree change, and it's not something that will change the world completely, but I think every single person has that ability, has that capability, to make a little bit of change in this world for the better, just by helping out others in need. Because today I see so many people that don't care about anyone else but themselves. But sometimes taking the time, even if it's just a few minutes, to help out someone in need will do more good than we can ever truly fathom. And that's my honest belief, my honest two cents, and that's where I stand and how I feel about it. I know that this lecture might have been I don't, I don't know what the best way to put it, a little bit on the forceful side. But it's something that I feel very strongly about. Where I, I ran into a very, you know, a very simple everyday issue. And I was very disappointed in the careless, self-centered attitudes of those that were supposed to provide assistance. And that just got me thinking about things on a larger scale. And all of the instances that I have witnessed and seen and read about where in far more serious issues, where it might not just be some sort of, um, you know, auto issue, but people that are dealing with a crisis, be that on a small scale or a large scale, and the amount of people that could truly make a difference in this world that are willing to do nothing at all. And I just think that this world would be a much, much better place if all of us just took a few minutes to help out others if we ever found people in need. 
most days we probably won't. You know, we won't, we won't be looking. You don't have to. And we won't really see anyone that is in need, but it can happen anywhere, anytime. If you just happen to be in a place where something happens, just consider it. Consider making that move and being active to help other people out. Because like I said with the bystander effect, so many people have this mentality that even if someone is, is dealing with something, someone else will go up and help them out. Because, you know, there's so many people. Someone has to, right? And it ends up where, because everyone else thinks that someone will, you know, metaphorically foot the bill and take care of it, no one does in the end. If the situation arises, maybe be that person that can make that difference. Because while it may not be a massive difference in this world, to the person in need, I can guarantee you, it will be a world of difference. Thank you for listening to my rant. It's probably the best way to put it, because, you know, it it gets me. And that's all. It's something that in this world I, I truly, I truly want to see change and get better. And, I mean, that's all that there is to it. It's something that I feel very strongly about. So thank you for getting through this. It's just something that I'm, I feel very passionately and strongly about. So... I got up on my soapbox, and, uh, you know, I shared my thoughts and my two cents, and with that, I would like to hear your two cents on it. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, reception reports, or if you would just like to say hi, look, you can write me in, you know, if the, you don't even have to say anything relevant to what I'm talking about. If you just want to have your voice heard on the show, that's completely and totally fine. The way to contact me is simple. Send me an email... V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com That's the way it's done. It's easy as that. And uh, you can get your thoughts, opinions, viewpoint heard, or you could just let me know that you're listening because that, too, is wonderful. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the listener-suggested topics for today's program. Stay tuned, this is VORW International. If you're listening in right now, make sure you check out our friends over at booksbegone19.com. That's B-O-O-K-S-B-G-O-N-E-19.com. Booksbegone19.com. We pay cash for used books. Turn your used books into cash. We offer non-obligation cash offers for the following types of books. Religious books, textbooks and reference books, history books, and other non-fiction type books. Turn those books you no longer need into some extra cash today. Check out booksbegone19.com. That's booksbegone19.com. Alright, so like I mentioned, this is the second half of the show, part two. Uh, the second half of the broadcast, where we read and respond to a few of your uh, you know, your questions, your pieces of feedback, and we get to a number of listener-suggested topics. Now, a good amount of correspondence came in last week. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to get to much today. I uh, I, I'm, I wanted to really get right into the discussion that I, I had on my mind, um, but I'm just not feeling the best today. I think it's just lack of sleep 
best way to, to put it. Insomnia is uh, is a real pain, you know, and I think some of you, y- you understand how it is. It's not as easy as just trying to get some sleep. Uh, you can go 24, 48 hours without sleep, and you can be tired, but you can lay down and not be able to fall asleep for six hours, eight hours, I mean, you name it. Uh, you can be quite tired, and it just will not, uh, it just won't be there. So, I'm just exhausted, and I'm, you know, I'll get to what I can, and then I'll, uh, and, and that'll be that. Uh, so I have, well, I have one story that was submitted late. This was in regards, actually, to the severe weather experiences. Uh, but it was too good not to pass up, so I'm going to get to that. And then we have a couple topics. Let me, uh, and uh, that'll be that. Uh, first and foremost, of course, the address for correspondence, as I just mentioned, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. That's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, reception reports, pieces of feedback, or topic suggestions can be sent there. On uh, one quick note in regards to a current event, of course, I have been following the situation in Venezuela very closely. I mean, by the way that it looks, I'll just say it out, I'll say it outright. Uh, it looks like the initial move by Juan Guaido to, uh, you know, really try to take charge in Venezuela from Nicolas Maduro has failed. It looks like those two days where they were hoping to gain the support of the military uh, did not work. So as a result, I just feel that it's going to drastically complicate the situation in Venezuela and uh, we're just going to have to see what happens, but either way, it just... It looks like a terrible situation, no matter which way uh, you, you really look at it. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully it will not devolve further. Hopefully there will be a peaceful transition of power should that occur. Next, we get to our uh, first story, and then we'll get to the topics. And now this one comes from Eric in Atlanta, Georgia. He writes, this is in regards to severe weather, but as I said, it was a good one. Around three years ago, I was vacationing in the Florida Panhandle. I grew up in Destin, Florida, and so I visit there fairly regularly. I don't often engage in the touristy things to do there, but occasionally I will just for fun. On this particular trip, I decided to buy a few tickets on a local charter boat known for its fun atmosphere and how fast the boat moves. It's like a giant party speedboat. We were about an hour into the two-hour cruise when a storm suddenly kicked up out of nowhere. We could still see wind, but we were pretty far out. Conditions degraded fast, and it became apparent by how nervous the crew was becoming that we may be in a bit of a situation. This boat was carrying at least 50 people and many children, Lots of adults on the boat were a bit inebriated, as it was a party boat, so naturally that combined with the weather conditions made the atmosphere switch from fun party to palpable nervousness very quickly. Suddenly, the captain got some sort of call, then got in the loudspeaker and told everyone with kids to grab them and take them down into the lower cabin and storage area. The rain was beginning to pick up at this point, and the sky was turning a sickly yellow color. The captain said we were about to head back in for obvious reasons. Some of us, myself included, stayed up top to leave room for the kids downstairs. Within a few minutes, we noticed that water spouts had begun forming in all directions. 
<laughs> I mean, it looked like a scene from a movie. At least seven or eight of them, varying in size and distance, had begun to make themselves visible all around the boat. Now, at this point, the captain told us that the main route back to shore was essentially blocked off due to these water spouts, and we were literally going to have to go around them to try to get back to shore. Now, I'm a huge weather nerd, but even that was starting to make me a bit nervous. The waves began to pick up, and the boat was jumping off of them like it was some kind of giant aquatic moon bounce. One of the water spouts touched down remarkably close to the boat, and the captain actually whipped around it and said, I think we have a window, and then absolutely gunned it toward shore. Funniest thing, he kicked the radio on to some heavy rock music. When he did this, which was admittedly kind of awesome, got on the loudspeaker over the music and said, Don't worry, folks. I got this. And boy, did he. I've never seen anyone maneuver a boat like that, and I felt like we were literally dodging tornadoes. So eventually, after a solid ten minutes of playing chicken with severe weather events in a giant speedboat, we pulled back to the docks and docked safely. Now, I mean, it was absolutely terrifying, and I wonder if, if we had not had such a capable captain on the boat, what might have happened. But man, that dude had some skills. He got us all back safely, and overall it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. We went back on the same boat a year later, and mentioned it to one of the crewmen, who lit up and said, Oh my god, you were on the nightmare cruise. We still talk about that to this day. The way they handled that situation and getting everyone back to shore safely has made me return for three solid years just to give them business. It may be not the most interesting story, but one I still love to tell, from Eric in Atlanta, Georgia. So thank you for sharing your story. Now, I found it very interesting. That's actually why, even in today's show, we really weren't discussing the severe weather stories. That was mostly in last week. Uh, I wanted to talk about it and share it, because I just thought it was too good not to share. Uh, absolutely, though, my my compliments to the captain, because, I mean, like you said, I don't think a ton of them would be able to navigate the boat in such a precarious situation, where they could try and it might not work out as well, and obviously the results would be devastating. So, really good handling on part of the crew, being able to uh, navigate through such a difficult thing, and maybe do so in a little bit of a light-hearted way with uh, some of the music and the, the comments, but at least I got you all back to shore, safe and sound, and that's most important. Moving onward, we uh, now go over to our listener-suggested topics. So RM is checking in, says, Whenever I'm having a hard time, I pull up one of your videos or the podcast and try to forget about the world. I love your commentary on mental health and anxiety, as it's something I've struggled with my whole life. Thank you for spreading awareness and talking about experiences with mental health. One of my questions is, when did you first start dealing with it? Now, I mean, I imagine in regards to that you mean... Um, you know, whatever issues one is faced with. And, you know, when it comes down to that, it's been years. It's been since I was a child. So, you know, so it's... So, I mean, similar to your case, pretty much my entire life. And I think one of the most important things, unfortunately, of course, when it's something that you're dealing with so long, and, uh, you know, you're dealing with it so much, and it's an everyday thing, it can be hard 
not to think about it. But I think one of the most important things when it comes down to dealing with mental health and uh, mental illness is, yes, of course you need to focus on it, and you need to give it that attention and care as best you can, but try not to let it define you. You know, do what you can. And, and look, you're going to have certain limitations. And there's going to be people that don't understand what you're going through. And there's going to be things that other people, it's going to seem like, are exceptionally easy. Uh, whereas for you, it may be quite difficult. And, you know, sometimes people will give you a hard time. They won't understand. But try your best not to let any sort of mental illness define you. You know, you just be you. Don't be that illness and that that thing only. So, you know, just be you. And, you know, if you have to, take it di- day by day. I've, uh, I've discussed support systems and all of that in previous programs. I recommend you check it out if you can. And, uh, you know, just stay strong. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, the next question comes from Kyle, who says... I'm sure that this is something that you've heard of since you are on YouTube, but I am curious on your thoughts on the lo-fi hip-hop genre of music. What is your take on it? Do you see it as too simple and repetitive, or do you see it as something relaxing and enjoyable? Thank you, Kyle, for your topic suggestion. In regards to uh, lo-fi hip-hop, I don't mind it at all. Uh, Now, admittedly, I am not a huge listener of any sort of uh, lo-fi hip-hop music, though I am very familiar with it. Of course, I've seen all of these uh, streams and and whatnot on YouTube. Uh, What do they call it? Like, um, you know, the uh, lo-fi hip-hop to study to or something, and it's these live streams. You You see them everywhere nowadays. It doesn't bother me one single bit. Uh, As I said, I am not a huge listener of that. So, you know, while I have a preference for the classics, I am always open to a wide variety of uh, genres and eras, and I have nothing against lo-fi hip-hop. Next topic comes from Lori, who says, I have a topic suggestion for your show that I was wondering if you'd be willing to share your opinion, thoughts, and personal experience on. The topic is whether friends are necessary to one's life, do you think that everyone needs to have friends in order to have a rich and fulfilling life? Or do you think that one can be happy and fulfilled without having many friends or even no friends at all? I have always had a difficult time making friends because I am introverted, as I know you are as well. Furthermore, as a young person in my 20s, I find that my city is not very conductive to making friends who are my age, and I'm not interested in meeting people via apps or meetup websites because it feels inorganic to me. I sometimes feel okay about not having many friends, but other times I worry that I am missing out, and I fear that one day I may look back and wish I had friends that I had shared life experiences with. Thank you for your topic suggestion. You know, I, I personally don't believe that there is any one universal uh, answer to your question. Because it really depends on who you ask and what the individual's viewpoint on the matter is. Like, it's not like there's just one, you know, it's not like it's black or white. There's so much gray area in this situation. So, of course, you'll have people 
that are extremely sociable. And they have huge uh, circles of friends. They're always out doing something. And they'll say, oh my gosh, you know, uh, it's impossible to live a fulfilling life without any friends. Oh, there's the rain picking up. Uh, but they'll say, oh yeah, it's impossible to live a fulfilling life without friends. Whereas other people will say the exact opposite. They will be extremely introverted. Maybe they've had bad experience with, with friends or you know, who knows what, what the situation is. And they'll say, no, friends are terrible. They just, uh, they just use you. They just feed off of you. Um, they, they, they take everything and contribute nothing. One thing after the next after the next. So you have a lot of people that have different viewpoints. So in the end... I think it all comes down to how you specifically feel. Now, of course, I can only go off of what is written, but considering the question that was asked, I think the individuals... Now, you could be introverted, but you could still have friends. You know, like, there's all different types of introversion as well. But... Considering that the question was asked, what I would suggest anyway, I think it is completely and totally possible to live a fulfilling life without friends, but in your specific case, I think it's all about finding balance. Uh, because, like you said, you could be introverted, but you can still go out and want to do stuff and hang out with people, uh, or you can be introverted to the point where you just want to be by yourself. So, it all comes down to how you feel, and it's about, you know, having that balance, uh, where if you just want to, you know, and you could look this up online, like, I myself am not a very sociable person at all, um, you know, I usually, I'm just, I'm very introverted, I mean, that's just where it stands, but you can go to various events, use different websites, and, uh, you know, you know, try try going out, doing different activities, whatever you're interested in, and uh, see what happens. See if you're able to, you know, meet other people who are interested in the same things you are. Don't need a huge circle of friends, a small circle, and see, you know, if things are better that way. Because sometimes having a small circle of friends uh, can really work out well, where you can still have that ability to go out and do the things that you want and, you know, do so with company. But at the same time, you'll also have a little bit of time to yourself as well to kind of unwind, recharge, or, you know, just kind of get away from everything else. So I think that would be the correct balance, just as I said, given what you've wrote. Uh, but in the end, I think it all comes down, you know yourself best and go from there. But truly, I think that question can be answered differently by everyone. I think it's all about how you look at it. Next up, we hear from Robert in Seattle, and he says, Anyhow, I'm 18 years old, and my wife is in a bit of a serious pickle right now. There are currently 29 days left of school, and at this point, no matter what I do, chances are pointing toward having to do a fifth year or drop out, and I'm leaning more toward the second option. I am beyond scared, confused, and ashamed that I couldn't get past high school, but regardless, I have to make a decision. And right now I'm thinking about going to Job Corps or just simply getting my GED 
and going from there. To put it simply, do you have any advice for me, or any people in similar positions to me? I'd be absolutely honored if this question was answered on the show. Hope you have a fantastic day. Well, thank you for your question, Robert. Now again, of course, everyone's situation and circumstance is different. I mean, here's what you have to ask yourself. Well, what... I mean, what do you have planned for your future? And I mean, sometimes we do draw a blank and we just have... You know, you don't know. There's there's nothing there. You're kind of just doing what everyone else told you to do. and you just, you, ha- you really don't know. But reflect on that for a little bit. I mean, some people really do have it all set out in stone. You know, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to get into this field or that. Uh, but I mean, in the end, everyone is different. But number one, think about what you want in life. Think about what you want uh, to do as a job, an occupation, uh, and consider that first and foremost. Whether you really want something specific or if you don't really have anything planned out. Uh, Secondly, assess your own situation and where things stand for you, what the benefits would be of retaking uh, senior year, and what the drawbacks to that would be, and then compare that, and you know, write this down on a piece of paper or online or whatever. Make a make a little chart if you have to, and then write down what the benefits would be of dropping out and going straight to the workforce, or getting the GED later on, would be, and what the drawbacks of that would be. Now, I know we really get pressured into, you know, trying to stick it out. A lot of people do get ridiculed for dropping out or uh, not really doing the best in high school. Uh, But just remember this. You are not alone. Sometimes you'll get some nasty people out there that'll make you feel that way. And they'll make you feel like you're worthless and this, that, and the other thing. But I want you to remember this. If no one else was going through what you went through... You know, this would not even be talked about. No one would even know what dropping out is or what a GED is or any of that. So there are so many people out there uh, that are going through the exact same thing as you are right now. There's so many people in the exact crosshairs, many people out there that are trying to get their GED, and that's okay. That's not the end of the world. It exists for a reason, And if you decide to drop out and try and get, you know, uh, some sort of job and uh, go from there, when you do decide to get the GED, I mean, be proud of yourself. Uh, and, And you have to do it when the time is right. And again, this is very dependent on your situation right now, what you're going through, um, and, and so on and so forth. You know, everyone's everyone's situation is different, and some people will probably be pulling their hair out as I say this, uh, but sometimes, in certain cases, dropping out and getting the GED later on may very well be the best possible choice to make at the given time. Uh, whereas in other situations, of course, staying there for an additional year may be the best course of action to take. So it all depends on your circumstance, but just remember that if dropping out and going from there 
ends up being the better choice. If it has more of those benefits than it does drawbacks, don't be afraid to do that. You know, it's okay. It's okay. We have our limits. We have our, our circumstances, certain things that detract from one thing or the other. And don't feel bad about it. It's, it'll be okay. Life continues on, and there will be ways to continue at it, to educate yourself further, and be able to move onward and make those steps in that progress toward doing what you want to do in life. So even though it may be considered in some cases taboo, uh, to a certain extent anyway, getting the GED, there's nothing wrong with that. So like I said, analyze your situation, the benefits and drawbacks of both possible choices, but don't be afraid of making one or the other. Do what you feel is right. Our final topic for the program is from Ameline in Ohio. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on a topic that is dear to me but seems a little too kooky to talk about with anyone seriously. Growing up in the countryside of far northeast Ohio, I have always preferred being barefoot outside. Of course, not so much in our cold and very snowy winters, but in our lovely long summers, lingering autumns, and quick rainy springs, I, of course, have always worn shoes to work, school, and out in public, but much preferred to kick them off as soon as I was able. The past few years, however, I've dramatically increased the time I've spent without shoes. I have read a lot about the physical benefits of going barefoot, but I'm actually more interested in the supposed psychological benefits. It's been said that, quote, earthing, unquote, walking barefoot on a natural surface, such as soil or grass, that is, reduces inflammation, aids with sleep problems, etc. What is very interesting to me, though, is the theory of benefiting from being in direct contact with the Earth's natural charge, and I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. My confident opinion is that it has been extraordinarily beneficial to me, and that it would be for others to be on the Earth without shoes at least a few minutes a day, even if only to spare time for yourself and nature. Well, thank you for your question. Well, you know, when I was, uh, when I was young, I would sometimes, uh, walk around outside barefoot. And, you know, I never was really, I never got many problems from doing that. Uh, the one thing, of course, it always depends on where you are, uh, and making sure you try not to step on anything sharp. But, over time, of course, you will, uh, build up you know, kind of, I don't want to say an immunity, that's the wrong word to use, um, but, you know, your foot will definitely get a little harder and will be, um, you know, more suitable for walking barefoot. Now, either way, even if it's just for a short span, it's interesting. I think the physical benefits can definitely be clear, as long as it is done, uh, you know, properly. So, you know, as long as you're walking in a good area, and not like you say, well, you know, I want to walk around barefoot on the, uh, you know, on the, the pavement on a 110 degree day. <laughs> you know, that's not the way to do it, of course. Or to say, yeah, you know, I just fixed up my roof and there's nails all over the yard. I may as well try to walk about barefoot. Of course, that's not the best approach either. So as long as it's done in the correct environment, I see nothing wrong with that. And as long as you take care of your feet, you know, is as long as it's not like they are, uh, you know, absolutely 
yeah. filthy or anything, and you wash them, you take care of them, then there's nothing wrong with walking around barefoot. Now, in regards to the energy, I mean, who is to say? Who's to say where energy goes or what it is tied into? There's a lot of things that we don't know. Have I ever had any personal experiences with that in that regard? No. However, if you get many benefits, you know, physically and also mentally and spiritually, from walking about barefoot, then keep it up, because it's obvious that you're doing something right for you, and it's working out for the better. And if doing such a simple thing is improving your quality of life, then keep at it, and, you know, don't, don't stop it at all. I think that everyone is different. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's mind is different. So as a result, there may be certain things that may be more beneficial uh, to some of us as opposed to others. But, I mean... As, as, like I said, as long as it's done in the right circumstance, I, I see no harm in walking about without shoes even for a few minutes a day and seeing what happens. Uh, in the most literal sense, <laughs> to certain degrees anyway, and there's nothing wrong with dipping a toe in, in the water there and seeing what happens. So it doesn't bother me one single bit. Not harming anyone, not hurting anyone. If anything, it's just improving your quality of life. So I see nothing wrong with that. And with that, dear listeners, I conclude today's broadcast of VORW International. If you're still tuning in, and I should have said this earlier in the show, and I don't know why I didn't, I messed up. We're still getting issues with YouTube. Unfortunately, a lot of stuff got demonetized. Why? I don't even know. You know, you, you, you tell me, because no one is, and I have no idea. A lot of stuff got demonetized. It's... It's one of those things I didn't even talk about because everyone's dealing with it, the usual. Uh, but as a result, we're not really making much revenue on YouTube anymore. It, you know, it happens. It's been happening for a long time, uh, but recently, uh, a lot of a lot more videos got hit. So unfortunately, I monetize the channel, and then it doesn't make anything anymore. So they, <laughs> there we go. Please consider supporting this program. It's listener-funded. It's the only way that it's able to stay afloat week to week. It's not just about transmission costs or getting it on the shortwave. It's about doing this show and getting it made for you. Look, if we can't, then there won't be any show. Please help out before it's too late. That's all that I ask. Consider donating via PayPal to VORWINFO at gmail.com. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com via PayPal via Patreon at patreon.com slash the report of the week and if you want to advertise I'll help you out I have slots open for you it's a great deal and you're getting it out to a lot of people trust me, more people listen to this show than you could ever ever imagine V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com for advertising inquiries I will try my best to get you a rate you can afford and work with. Thank you. Have a wonderful month of May, and we'll see you again next week. Take care. This is VORW.